Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. Um, and I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we do this every single day as Scott and I stop by every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, to help you guys in that journey to head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. Scott, how'd your day go? I know it's Wimbledon for you. It's the first week of Wimbledon, which probably presents you with more opportunities, more line inefficiency. So are you killing it over there on the uh, with the fuzzy balls? Uh, yeah, tennis so far, very good. Uh, I said on yesterday's video, I try to remember who asked for tennis plays. I think it was Bill. I think so. I, split, I think you're I split right. on those. Uh, I had Guy Rowan, minus one and a half games, which was my favorite play, and he won in straight sets, so that was nice. But as a whole, tennis was very good. Baseball, not so much yesterday. Uh, the Angels could not get a hit with runners in scoring position to save their lives. Anytime you can get plus money on a team total, and they finish half a run short despite going two for 11 with runners in scoring position, not a fun time. So I uh, finished a little bit short there. And to be honest, my farm pick yesterday was pretty awful. So baseball wasn't great, but tennis was very good. Okay. So I had a profitable day, but... You know, I'm sure most people would have rather me have had a good day in baseball. Uh, probably true. Probably, probably true. We did, uh, we did okay. We scratched our we we scratched our Red Sox play because we didn't have the same uh, the, the same pitcher as Waka went today. Instead, uh, two and one on the premiums hit my play of the day, so I'm pretty happy. Uh, uh, the premium play of the day, pretty. And of course, we missed the farm. It's hard to cover the run line when your team doesn't score. Yeah. So that was a uh, no bueno there. So I uh, want to remind you guys. That we are uh, going to have a little Tour de France preview here a little bit later, so stick around for that uh, with my uh, lovely and talented wife will be joining us. And uh, Scott, a good time to remind everybody to like and subscribe. Make sure you punch that like button, hammer that sucker, take out your aggressions on the clicks, and while you're, save a couple hammers for our YouTube channels. Make sure you get subscribed to the Winners and Winners YouTube channel. Find great daily content, great daily picks from all your all of your favorite handicappers like me and Scott, Mason Foles, uh, Sean Miller, a lot of those guys. We, we put them out every day. We're grinding. We're over there grinding, Scott. We're putting out free plays, so make sure you check that out. If you want the live content, of course, you got to get over to the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel. I know you guys are there now watching our show. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Um, we appreciate the effort. Our bosses appreciate the effort, et cetera, et cetera. Great content, Max Wagers Network. We do uh, got start, started off with uh, Sean Higgs, Midday Money at noon, 1 o'clock, Allie Burns bringing you morning wood. Me and Chris talking just parlays at 2, Scott and I, 3 o'clock, just uh, we go back to the window. And 4 o'clock, Sean Miller, soccer from around the world. And we finish it up at 5 p.m. each and every day with Detroit Lenny, Nick, and Tim Earl giving you the game time decision. We are joined today in the comments section. Uh, by uh, some of our some of our grizzled veterans, James Mounts is here. Lex Steele, what up, baby? Uh, fever underkilled. Yes, yep. Rye Cape, what's good? We are ripe. We are rye every day. We are good. Uh, Bill McDonald said thanks for the thanks for the Giron pick. Uh, very nice. That's very good, Scott. You said you hit that one, so that was good. A good I hit thing. that one. The other one I lost with. I had Kakushkin and Brooksby over three and a half sets. And uh, Brooksby kicked his ass. So that happens. But overall, first round of Wimbledon, very good for me. On top of that, I also have a couple of futures involving uh, Djokovic. And COVID, apparently still a thing. Because two of the top, I'd say, 10, 15 players in the tournament tested positive for COVID, including the second betting favorite. 
So Djokovic should, keyword should, have himself a pretty easy path to potentially another Wimbledon title. Very good. Very good. Indeed. Um, normally, we we just uh, we just receive word we normally do total chaos on Tuesday night, Scott. We're going to bump that to uh, tomorrow, which I don't know if that's that's probably not going to fit for me. I think I'm going to be at a concert tomorrow. So, Okay. Uh, we'll see. I might be able to do the concert thing again. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. From yeah. the car? With the notepad? Yeah, yeah. Big. I know. A big of true, right? Uh, like still wants to know Janik Sinner out? Uh, not that I recall. Okay. I remember Sinner beat Warenka yesterday. I don't think he tested positive for COVID. Okay. Unless he was in close proximity to Berrettini, but I don't think he was. Okay. The only people that I know that actually tested positive for... Uh, yeah, the only people that I know that tested positive for COVID were Berrettini and you had uh, Chilich. But I'm pretty sure that was it. So I think Sinner's fine. Uh, James Mountson's Terry McLaurin signed for $71 million. Depending on what's guaranteed and what isn't. That's a, uh, you know, I know he's been uh, waiting to get paid, getting his payday there. Where do you rank Terry McLaurin as far as a uh, receiver, Scott? Top 10, top 5, top 15? Where are you putting him? It's very tricky because he was on my fantasy team last year and he did nothing. Right. But it's not his fault. The thing is, you got to wonder how many people are going to actually put up very good receiving numbers with less than optimal quarterback play. Right. There's not many out there. And you could argue, of course, even the great ones, like, a, for example, a Tyree Kill or somebody like this, you lose Mahomes. I'm assuming that's going to definitely kill part of your, at least part of your production. Absolutely. So McLaurin, very good player, but he has Carson Wentz throwing him the ball. Good luck. So if you want to pay the receiver a bunch of money, you can. But until you have a quarterback that can actually throw him the ball regularly, then I don't really know if he's worth the money. Yep. Do you think he is? Mm, you got to pay him. You, you've, you've got it. We've got a talent. You hopefully can hang on to him until you can get yourself a quarterback. Especially with the toxic culture of, you know, Dan Snyder and whatever. Yeah. You got to at least keep whatever talented players you have. But yep. I'm acknowledging that receiver is not going to push them over the top because they still went cheap for quarterback. Or yep. didn't go cheap. They just, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe stop, what they did for A stopgap is what they're doing. Yeah, pretty there, much. Is what they're doing there sure, as well. So I um, want to talk about our great deal that we've got going on with this fine folks over there at Caesar Sportsbook. Make sure you stop by and check that out. $1,500 risk-free first bet. Uh, basically, all you have to do is put in the code video winners 15 video winners one five. And that will get you, uh, yeah, that'll get that'll get you reimbursed in the uh, in the form of a fifteen hundred dollar up to a fifteen hundred dollar free bet. So take advantage of that. Caesars, of course, must be in your state. We have handily put a link of to all the states where it exists. So check that out in t- today's description as well as that video winners fifteen code. Um, yeah, what else? Got to be 20, 21 to play. And I don't know how long it's going to last, Scott. We thought we thought it would be done June 1st. It's gone through June, so we'll see how that goes. I know they're having a lot of success with it, so we're still continuing to do that. So check that out, won't you? Hey, Scott, let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday, shall we? Uh, it's, the, uh, it's the time where we have to reveal and share the pain. Uh, we, the winners, the whiners, the people that uh, took it in the shorts— but maybe you're one of the people that took it to the bank. Maybe that was the maybe that was the one you wrote in on today. Whatever it was, let's find out uh, just exactly what happened yesterday, Scott, as we kick it off with the Tuesday edition of Call the Cops. 
All right, very good. Hey, we're going to start off in the major leagues. Nerfy alert, nerfy alert. If you have the Athletics Yankees, a nerfy, you looked really good. No runs in the top of the first. Two outs, no runs, bottom of the second, or bottom of the first. Rizzo, Rizzo. You can't stop him, Scott. You can only hope to contain him, and they didn't. He put his solo jack, one nothing after one inning. Call the cops. Yeah, when you get five or six outs and nobody's on base and you still lose, that's definitely a bad beat. But we're going to transition over to tennis. And if you had Davidovich Fakina and Herkaz under three and a half sets. Who did Herkaz, big favorite, actually got upset in that match. But Davidovich Fakina had triple match point while serving in the third set. You just needs to win one out of three points and you win. And uh, he eventually ended up losing the next five points. Uh, he got broken. Then he got broken again. And he lost the third set. And then it ended up going five. And to make matters worse, after Fokina screwed you, he still won the match. He couldn't even root against him because he ended up advancing anyway. But under three and a half sets, and you have triple match point while serving, and you blow it. That's a pretty tough beat in tennis. Yes, it really is. And finally, I don't know. If you were drinking, you said, I'm going to put money on the team total over for the Royals. Well, first of all, seek help, both for your drinking and your gambling. But yay! You looked like you were in great shape last night. Royals scored four runs, first two innings. They're beating up on the Rangers. Fuck, you can't stop those guys. They got the Rangers bullpen coming. What, are we going to have seven, eight, nine runs? Uh, no, four. Four. That's what we ended up with. Four in the first two innings, four total. Nothing over the last seven. Uh, I don't have much sympathy for you. You're playing the Royals team total over. But still, you got to call the cops. And on top of that, the Royals lost the game, so they were batting in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, yeah. They got their, they got their nine at bats. Absolutely true. So... There was some good news out there. Maybe this was the side you were on. Maybe you didn't spend your uh, Monday night bitching and complaining. Maybe you just spent your Monday night kicked back, relaxing in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the Dodgers team total under six and a half against the Rockies, they only had three hits. Uh, Chad Cool was cool. as cool as the other side of the pillow. There you go. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers finished with no runs. Not good. Not good. Not good. Um, if you had the Cardinals on the money line against the Marlins, a uh, pretty solid bet there against Pablo Lopez. Red hair, they don't care. 4 nothing after four innings. They didn't stop. They kept scoring. They end up winning that one. 9 to nothing. Sorry, Pablo Lopez. Not today, Satan. Um, once again, Cardinals win 9 nothing. And the last one, if you ended up having the Orioles on the money line at around plus 135, I know that I recommended that on the show, yep. and we thought that that price was absurd. Loved it. And the Orioles looked really good again. They led 7 to nothing after 4. Uh, Kirby, not very good last night, and the Orioles won 9-2. to two. Absolutely true. So, Scott, we had a rarity last night. We had something that I don't know that I've ever seen before, and we uh, absolutely have to talk about it. We're going to find out who's strapping on the golden feed bag today, guys. It's Tuesday. Who is the donkey of the day? So, Scott, yesterday, as you're aware, the Oakland Athletics came to town, played the New York Yankees. Athletics had a lead, but uh, then something happened that I don't think I've ever seen happen in my life in the seventh inning. Scott, what was it? You had two separate catcher interference calls in the span of about three batters. What are we doing here? What are we doing now? I didn't see them. Were they legit? Yeah. 
Okay. So he's just an idiot. Like Murphy was either A, standing too close, or B, extended his glove too far. But I believe the order was was catcher interference, hit by pitch, catcher interference, and then like two-run double, and then the whole game exploded for Oakland. But I don't think I've ever seen, in the span of three batters, two separate legitimate catcher interference. No, no. That's uh, that's Sean Murphy, by the way, the Oakland Athletics catcher we, we... We don't want to award donkey of the day and then not name him. So congratulations, Mr. Murphy. You're the donkey of the day. Um, and, oh, my goodness. Not uh, not any better news for these guys. Let's find out. You know, I, you, you can't be surprised. You can't be mad. But you can definitely be, um, you know, disappointed. <laughs> Scott, the St. Louis Cardinals, pretty good baseball team. Got a couple of outstanding players there, Nolan Arenado and, uh, of course, Paul Goldschmidt having a fantastic year, Yadier Molina, even declining, but still a fantastic catcher. They got a little problem with their starting pitching, namely they don't have enough. So it was uh, with great hope that they had Jack Flaherty finally come back from injury. And, Scott, how long did that last? Uh, Eight innings. He had three separate outings. I know he definitely had at least one start because he started the first game that against the Pirates. He didn't go long. Right. Did he technically have three starts or was he a middle relief guy? But he never went more than three innings in an outing. No. no. So even if he was technically starting, he was an opener at best. And he's back on the I.L. Hurt his shoulder again. He's pitched eight innings since last October. I believe it was October 3rd was the last time he pitched last year. So when he's supposed to be your up-and-coming potential franchise starter for the next decade or so, and he's having arm problems, we're not mad or disappointed because we've seen this happen before, and Flaherty's extremely talented. Absolutely. All right, bud. Well, we like to talk about weird sports around here. Not weird, but, you know, off the beaten path. We, we talk a lot about if you've got an angle, if you've got an advantage, I don't care what sport it is. I don't care if it's uh, football. Baseball, tennis, uh, college bass fishing, don't give a fuck. If you if you got an angle, if you can make money, we're all about it around here. So, Scott, in that uh, in that vein, we're going to talk about the Tour de France today. And we're going to bring in, you know who she reminds me of? She reminds me of... Uh, your your uh, wife? My, this is my wife. And she reminds I'm me... I'm saying she reminds you of your wife? Uh, she does remind me greatly of my wife. But uh, the uh, Marissa Tomei and uh, my cousin Vinny. Where you're like, the defense uh, is wrong. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Without the without the accent. So let's talk a little to her. Her name is Tracy. I know her and love her. Now you're all about to. Let's bring her in. There she is. What do you say? Hello. I well, first I'd like to say um, I'm a little concerned for that donkey. Is he okay? Yeah, we, we don't know. We do, we we don't <laughs> even we don't try to ask too many questions about what they were doing to that donkey to make him make that noise. So man. I know the uh, question that everybody wants to know is, do you consider yourself extremely lucky or like luckiest person in the world to be married to me? Oh, gosh. Just, I run the gamut of luck. <laughs> Plead the fifth. With you. Yeah. Plead the yeah. Fifth. All right. So we're going we're gonna to do this and put you, uh, there you go. All right. Very Ooh. good. All right. So two roses. you are here to talk about the Tour de France and a little bit of background because you are not a bike rider. You didn't, you're not one of these people that are every Friday night, you're out there annoying the shit out of people 
wearing your little fucking bike thing oh, no. And, and no you're not picking up three lanes of traffic by no. ride the bike no by the no. way uh people welcoming you to the show andrew kalanje uh james mounts a lot of you're gonna have a lot of people saying hello to you hello so i can't you. see the chat so i'm just gonna take your word for it okay all right very good so you're not a bike rider but somehow you fell in love with the tour de france and how did that happen well, I took years and years and years of French. I do not claim to speak it at this point, but I had to learn a lot of French history and a lot of useless French trivia in French. So I'm already kind of a Francophile, um, but total armchair. I, I really haven't kept up with it. But then I think you made, not made, let's not say made, encouraged me to watch a documentary series or documentary. <laughs> and I think it was called Slipstream, but I can't find it on Netflix. And um, it chronicled an American team, and it really made me fall in love with this bizarre, weird strategy of cycling where you can actually be one of the strangest superhumans on the planet with almost zero body fat who's fed like better than any prize animal <laughs> to get your win and yet you can actually have done all of that and never win a thing. And that's actually your job is not to win a thing. And I'm just a little too American for that. So right. it really hooked me. Right. I mean, I was like, what? But then there's also like this course is magnificent. And every year they include extra countries. And it's like um, a combination of local flavor and travel log um, crazy things happen. I mean, and it just escalates. Like they start in these flat stages, but by the time you get to the mountains, like everybody's in weird costumes. There are naked people. There's um, Santa Claus. There's the devil. There's a fan that can totally derail the whole race like they did a bit ago where they jump out with a sign that says hi to their grandparents. You can you never know. You can have a Jeffrey Mayer at every race. That's the kid that interfered with the ball for the with the Yankees game. You can have that every stage, oh. every day. There'll be some every fuck. Day. There'll be some fuck person. Uh, some fuck one that just jumps out. And it's there's no there's no security. There's no saw horses yeah. like you see at marathons in the states. And people are on the road. They sometimes, if they're lucky, they leave them about a lane and a half for these guys to go up the mountains. Uh, it's incredible. If you if you haven't watched it, you should at least check it out. It's I know it's on uh, Peacock Plus, so check out the tour. It's very cool. And you and I have talked about this being our bucket list thing. We've kind of been thrown because they don't generally announce it. They started being better about announcing the route in advance, but it would make it very hard to plan vacation because they didn't tell you where it was going to be. And we're trying to put these things together. So that's probably our, would you say that's your number one bucket list trip? You know, yes and no. I mean, when you really watch this thing and you think about, like, you get a lot of Switzerland because, hello, Alps. Um, that is not a place I want to drive. I'm yeah. not really sure I even want to stand next to the course on what appears to be a straight sheer shot if I just take the wrong selfie. <laughs> um, and I probably will because I'm old and I'm not great with a camera. So here we are. They're not all so, about safety in Europe. They don't put up like barricades and no, and shit. They're just no. like, well, you're if you fell over, fucking we've thinned the herd. There are dogs on the track. There were tacks on the track that messed up Cavendish's bike one year. There there was the fan. There um are there are cyclists stopping to use the bathroom in camper vans of total strangers. I mean, this is bananas and it and and it is totally unpredictable and so i'm going to say that like a million times 
as I also tell you about these crazy favorites because we're in a really unprecedented tour this year. Right. Um, I was, I was going to say, and you, you, you say it's unpredictable yet there is a prohibitive favorite this year. And let's, let's just transition and, and talk a little bit about him because usually this is like, if you guys bet NASCAR or anything like that, you usually see similar odds to NASCAR where you've got some, maybe you've got a three to one, four to one, that's going to be your favorite. We've got minus money on the, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to say his name. So say his name and don't butcher it. So I won't butcher well, it. Well, I'm probably going to butcher it. This is Slovenian. I'm going to wreck some Slovenian today. That's just how it's going to be because I'm a Midwestern twang who studied French and listens to British announcers. I have no idea how to pronounce any of this correctly, but I, I, for the whole month of July, sound like I have a mouthful of marbles and that's just how it is. I'm okay with it. Um, to get to our friend, Tajay Pojakar, which I don't know if that's right or not. Sounded good to me. We'll take it. That's how Bob Roll says it, so I'm rolling with it. Right. Okay. So to explain who Tajay Pojakar and how amazing this dude is, let's just talk about how this works. There are 176 riders starting to race this year on 22 teams. That's eight riders a team. Um, it's going to be 2,067 miles on a bike. So that's about from what Vegas to New York, right? Right around there, maybe maybe Denver to New York. Uh, that's a you thing, babe. Something in that neighborhood. So yeah, Rachel, yeah. you're going to ride out yeah. to Denver. You take three weeks to ride to Denver. Uh, would I take the three weeks? No, I'd rather fly there. But that's just me, you know. Yeah. Right. No, it's sensible, right? And and that is part of this craziness of the tour is that these humans are truly superhumans and for the the whole history of this race they've basically been a human physiology lab right they have swanier's dedicated to feeding them just so they've figured out that she and that's your and that's your secret them. desire is to be a swanier isn't it yes yes and they and those are the people that a swanier, by the way, is somebody that travels with them and cooks them the food, right? He keeps track yeah. of their diet, well, their nutrition, and all that. you're also like a masseuse and kind of a sports medicine person, and I have zero interest in that. I just like to cook, and right. I want to go to France. Fair enough. Um, but so so all of this goes on, and there are distinctly different parts of this race. Um, there's going to be the opening this year. The whole first week is basically classics. There are flats, there are cities, there are sprinters going crazy. And where do they start? They're starting in a weird place this year. They're starting in Denmark, right? Yeah, they're starting in Copenhagen. And actually, the race this year is going to be bookended by the time trials. Um, but Copenhagen, I did not know this because I'm very bad at geography. Um, Copenhagen um, has 1.4 million people a day riding bikes as their commute, as their vehicle. Jeez. That is more than commute to work on a bike in the entire United States. Huh. So this town is going to be a big party. It's going to be a blast. They're into it. I mean, other countries that get to do this, it's a it's a huge tourism thing. They're, they estimate 12 million spectators over the course of the race, 12 million people. So imagine if, if your name of your company is on somebody's jersey, you know, and you get that kind of exposure. Right. So, um it's it's super bananas this year. There are going to be um, six mountain stages, which is where they progress after they go through these classics through the cities where you get to see lots of sights. There's cobblestones, which are always crazy. There's a lot of wrecks. Pave. The, sprinters, Pave. the sprinters throw elbows one year. A dude just reached out and just punched the guy next to him. He had had it with his shit. I remember that. That happens. It just happens. So 
You don't know what's going to happen, but what you're ultimately trying to do as a team, you're trying to win stages, get jerseys, and make it to the podium in Paris at the end. So there's four. So, there's how many? There's four jerseys, right? There's the overall, yeah. which is the yellow jersey everybody talks about. Then there's the white jersey, which is the young rider. Wait, wait, wait. Uh. I, I've worn a visual aid, as I think you professionals call this. So we start with the not as interesting jersey, the white jersey. Okay. But, you know, whatever jersey. It's the young rider jersey. It's where you want to be. There have been a lot of super successful riders that have won this for many years. Last two years, Tajay Pojakar. All right. Um, he was the best young rider, but we've had people like Egan Bernal, Simon Yates. They're very successful in sport, but this dude is something special. So from there, from the white jersey, we moved to my favorite jersey. My whole thing about this. I did not know there were going to be costume changes, by the way. I didn't know she bought the hat. So there's, okay. So yeah. So is, now we're moving What is the, po the polka dots. Polka dots are what? It's, it's not just that it's stylish. It's for King of the Mountains. Okay. And with six mountain stages this year, craziness. Now, the second best guy that we haven't talked about yet, also a name I'm going to butcher, that's Slovenian. This is Primoz Roglic. Now, he is very, very good. He has done many great things, um, but he wants this back. He wants it so bad. And to boot, should have brought tea because there's always tea in the tour, and it always kind of flips my brim up. Um, so... They had a big showdown on the super uh, Les, Les Belfies, the planche, one of the big mountains. I don't even know if I said all of that right. But they, it was like a seconds different, and it was the whole difference of Tajay Potokar winning yet more jerseys because not only was he best white jersey the last two years, he's been the best polka dots as well. Spoiler alert, he was also winning the Tour de France for two years. This is unprecedented. Um, so after you go King of the Mountains, big deal. It's it's really cool. Then we move on to the green jersey. The green jersey is the sprinters. It's also known as the points. All right. So the points, these people, they will throw elbows. They will do the argy-bargy. They will do all kinds of things. And they usually have kind of fun personalities. Peter Sagan, he's my fave. Um, he is aging. He's had He's had COVID three times in the last year. But he's young at oh, heart. He's huh? young at heart. But he's young at heart. <laughs> he is young at heart. He's crazy. He'll say anything. I, I hope he's a part of the sport as long as I live. I can't wait till he's a coach or an announcer. And if he drops out, please put a microphone on him because he just says the funniest things. He's awesome. Um, but at this point, he's in the race. At this point, um, he might win green. But there's always this secret hope that it's the one jersey that Tajay Potokar hasn't won and that maybe it will be the unprecedented sweep. Um, nobody's really talking about that seriously, but nobody really knows what to expect with this sprint because uh, Sagan's not the only one who's been plagued by injuries. And, and again, this is all a crapshoot because somebody could fall down and go boom on the first day take out half the Peloton. Well, we saw that happen to Chris Froome a few years ago when they like yeah. when they started in England, like his home country, yeah. he finally gets to the big, and he crashes like coming down a straightaway, right? And he was out of the race. Yeah. yeah. I remember you that. You know, and, and it just, it, and like the thing with the tax on the road, Cavendish couldn't come back from that. His tire went flat. He went down. He broke something or wounded himself, and that was that. So, so as much as I think Tajay Pojakar is 
is the favorite for a reason and probably going to win all of this, then there's there's other dynamics because the strategy of this is crazy where you've got writers that are dedicated to making sure you win something. And so you've got eight writers on a team. Ideally, you have contenders and at least a couple of the jerseys and maybe you get on the podium with your whole team. Could we equate it to like... The, the teams are set up to help one or at most two guys win. So it's kind of like if you're taking a first touchdown scored in football, you're not going to take an offensive lineman to score the first touchdown. And you're not going to take one of these, I don't know, what, what do you would call them, outriders or one of these support guys. There's a, there's literally six or seven guys on each team that really have no shot of winning, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The domestiques. Um, they even give them a name. They're like the maids. Okay. They're domestics. Very good. They, they are there to help you. They're the engines. They they let you ride in a slipstream. So situations where there are crosswinds, which there are going to be some crazy ones in these first three stages. Um, I did not know about Denmark that there was going to be so much coastline um, things going on there. Um, okay. I usually find time trials really boring, but I'm going to watch this one because I think the city is going to go crazy. And because we've got people... Um, oh, one of the guys that I think it's Vlasov takes corners at, at 57 miles an hour and there's 18 corners. Insanity. Um, it's, it could be crazy as far as the time trial. All right. Trial goes. I'm almost, af- I'm, I'm almost afraid to ask, show us the yellow Jersey. Oh, oh, okay. So then, so we've gotten through, we've gotten through the Just, King of the Mountains, right. Rider, and we've gotten through the Sprinters. I'm almost afraid to find to out where this is coming from. Oh, there it is. The, Big one. All right. Jersey. Now, this is my only piece of Hermes attire, and I always break it out for the Tour de France because there's nothing more French than an Hermes scarf. All right. And it's also conveniently yellow, which is the jersey that everybody wants to know about. And frankly, if it isn't Tate Potokar, um, there's only the, the odds would bear out the theory that there are only a few real other yeah. contenders. Let's, let, let's, let's talk about that. Go ahead, Scott. Well, I was going to say, since, of course, you said it could be a crapshoot, but this guy's won each of the last two, and he seems like he's by far the best cyclist that's currently actually a running lot. in this. Yeah. So if you were betting this, is this like a Nadal French Open situation, where even though there's a lot of people in the running, realistically, you'd be shocked if anybody else won? Or do you think there's actually value on some other players or other cyclists? Well, so there's a, cu- there's, there's a couple of other players that, I mean, Primo, Primo's Roglic, has got to be burning to get this guy off the throne. By the way, the, the, the odds for the top three, we talked about this a lot. Pochikar, minus 140 is okay. what I've got him listed at. Uh, Vingegaard is a is plus 500, and, and Rogle is a 550. And aren't Vingegaard and Rogle on the same team? They are. So you are. you got to kind of almost pick one there or, or, or no, take them as a... I don't know. It's hard because the, everybody's mentioning both of them. Vingegaard hasn't been a, necessarily a factor before this season, yep. but he uh, he's a co-captain with, with Rolex, so they, they know something about him. And you, that's the thing that you watch for are these trends because they aren't going to put all their cards on the table. They aren't telling us who, what they want to win for a reason because they may adjust on the fly. But all of a sudden, you can tell when the overviews and the different articles out there start to mention names. Vingegaard is on the radar this year. So you mentioned something. Let me hang real. I'll let yeah, you go, you Scott. Go first. You mentioned something weird to me the other day when we talked about because there's literally there's six guys that are forty to one or or lower, and then everybody else is a crapshoot. And you said something about the five guys that weren't Pojakar. You said they're going to team up and try to beat him. 
oh, sure, it's Pojakar's to win, but it's Pojakar's to lose. And they are going to ride aggressively against him. And every day you're going to get to see a red number. That's going to be your most aggressive rider. Um, sometimes they give it, even though like good sportsmanship, if you've gone back to get something, you still finish. There's all kinds of things, but you can start to see who, which team, if they, they're keeping that red number, um, they've got it out for them. And, and Ineos Grenadiers is a great team. Um, they have some powerhouses. They've got Adam Yates, Danny Martinez, and Grant Thomas. Grant Thomas is a sleeper. He could be a good bet. He's 36. He's a big engine, but he's multi-talented enough, and he wants this so much. So, um, But Danny Martinez could get to the mountains and just smoke everybody. You just don't know. Grant um, Thomas currently 25 will, to 1. They will work together. They will do. They will do what they can. And they will likely team up with Jumbo Visma, which is where Roglic and Vingegaard race. They also have one of the few American riders in the race on that team. I think it's McNulty. Um, I wouldn't swear to that. But right. they do have an American on that team, too, which is kind of fun. Um, now, there's one super sleeper. Now, Vlasov is somebody that's coming up. He's a longer shot. He, okay. I would put a little money on him. All right. Um especially if you can get something on a site, which I don't bet this enough to know if you can bet stages. This is yes, definitely you can, moving. You, you can usually bet stages. Yeah, it's a moving target kind of sport. So you're going to want to update, update your bets as you go. But this weird trend emerges every year where you start to read the overviews and there's somebody that's mentioned and they don't ever say why, but you see this name in every article. And the one this year is Walt Benard. Okay. And he's a wildly good dark horse to bet on. And by the way, um, Van Art is favored in the first stage at minus 150. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's a hell of a time trialist. Um, and, you know, sometimes you get through that time trial and you've sucked and it motivates you. But sometimes you do so well, it just pushes you on. All right. and, and he's being mentioned. A so lot. let's so let's give picks. You, do, you, okay. do you do you give away you get away from Pojakar or do you play him at minus 140? You got to play him. Okay. All right, so give me a couple. Give me a couple. Long, take a shot. Give me, give yeah. me some, give me some long shots for the overall, because everybody else is a long shot, basically. You well, talked, I mean, you talked about Garant Thomas at twenty-five to one and uh, Vaslov at twenty-eight to one. Two good picks. I mean, there. you could just take yeah. a couple of the five to ones if you want, but the point is, we know that, of course, there's one prohibitive favorite. Would you bet on anybody else besides the favorite in this one? And if so, who would you pick? I, I, the two I would also put money on are uh, Van Art and Thomas because um and and I think Roglic's not a good enough value he's but he he is in certain stages yeah um you know it's going to be one of those two guys on La, La Belle Planche de Fille uh if I'm even saying that right but that stage um it's going to be one of them so and Van, Van Art is, is 125 the one by the way so yeah. All right, let's talk yeah, about. It's, it's interesting. All right, you got anything for? Uh, you want to go through all the separate disciplines real quick? King, King of the Mountains. Uh, is, is it going to be Pojakar or is it going to be Pino or Bardet or somebody else? Uh, I I think he, it's going to be Pojakar. Okay. He'll take mountains regardless. He'll take young rider regardless. I but don't. He wants think those polka dots, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want him in polka dots too. I'll tell you. All right. Um, I yeah, I I think. To think of it, it would be amazing if anybody else took either of those from him. Now, and sprint, sprint is up for grabs. It, it, I, 
in my heart, I want Sagan, if he's well, to do to to do it one more time. I mean, he's he's insane. He's won it. He won it in uh he won it 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 18, and 19. It's pretty good. I mean, it's yeah, a bit of, pretty good. A bit of a trend. And it would be great for him to keep winning a few before he's like probably gonna retire. I don't know how long because he's a he's a monster. Right. Um but then my other secret hope is let's see a sweep. Let's see Pojakar win it all. If he's gonna, if this is gonna be boring, and we're only gonna be watching to see the wrecks and the fights, and and he he just outdistance out distances everybody. Well, then let's see him win it all because that would be amazing. Yeah, he's gonna probably win Young Rider, and he's got a good shot in the mountains, and he's got a good shot for overall. So, um, and you can get if you're looking around at different books, and always shop your lines you know, even more so in big wide open events like this because they've got top three, they got top three odds. They've got top 10 odds. So you can certainly take and, and get prices if you don't think they're going to win, but you think they're going to get on the podium. You can, you can do that as well. So, all right, very good. Any, uh, any final thoughts It open? It opens Friday, right? It does. It does with that time trial. You know, you had asked me about doping in the sport. Do you yeah. want to, do we have time? Uh, real quick. Is, Cause I think Floyd Landis in the running. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, yeah. a, he's not on my Absolutely. sheet. Always, always. Yeah, address that real quick, because I know everybody talks about it. Everybody kind of jokes about it a little bit. But what's going on? Have they been able to stop it? Is it over? Oh, I. so that's the thing that I, I didn't really realize how far back it went. I mean, it, from the beginning, I mean, and at the beginning, there was no rest. There were no rest days. There was no flying from Denmark to France to race this thing. You slept on a side of a road, um, and on you went. And so because it's such a superhuman endurance um, activity, it's always been kind of like this human physiology lab. And so they've always been way ahead as far as supplements and enhancing sorts of strategies go to the point that I truly believe a lot of athletes were sold a bill of goods about this just being the next supplement, because how do you know? Um, the first the first drug that really started causing problems in doping was strychnine. Um, that was one of the ways they kept him going. Cause after you did that, then of course you got a real burst of energy. Um, this sport has flirted with amphetamines. It, it, there was the, EPO, there's the human growth hormone. Um, and you know, who knows it, if CBD helps you recover, but somebody says, no, that's really a drug because it's used medicinally in some States, all of a sudden you're a doper. And, but at the same time, they're not above it. And they're going to try it and they're yeah. going to keep trying it because it's science and it evolves and they think that they've found the latest, greatest thing. It seems like doping, so, whether it involves Tour de France or even the Olympics, is really just a cat and mouse game because you're constantly yeah. trying to stay ahead of the actual enforcers of the rules to get whatever edge you can without being deemed illegal. And then yeah. when eventually one supplement gets banned, you suddenly try 50 other ones until you find another one that sticks. So it seems like it's really just a cat and mouse game. You know, Absolutely. You know, and personally, I don't care if you can I ride. Don't care either. You can ride two thousand miles in twenty three days or whatever the hell it is. Fucking do whatever. That's it's that's still an incredibly impressive feat. Yeah, for me. do whatever, but do it with their consent, and uh, not that you're not going to consent. Right. If you have a shot to be the best in the world. I truly believe your if your trainer says you need it, you're going to say yes. <laughs> um, yeah. but. But make sure that they understand how much you don't know and tell them what's in it. 
because a lot of times they'll just be like, oh, it's your vitamins and on you go. But turns out it was EPO. It's so, also a matter of cycling. People can argue why doping is bad because of the integrity of the actual event or sport. But people have been doping for like 50 years in the sport. So I don't know if that really applies. Does it, does well, it apply? Well, not only that, there's a reason. This isn't natural. This No human should do this. Right. This is yeah. bananas that you can do this. Yep. And not only that, then the, the Vuelta de España starts up in August. So that's the other part of the odds on this is that COVID's still a player. Um, and then you're also going to have the strategy of what did we want to win? And if say it's the, the green Jersey and our sprinter is gone, maybe we take a look around and we say, our money's going to be better spent in Spain. Uh, mm -hmm. let's get everybody healthy and try again. Cause we're out of it. And then all of a sudden you've just got people dropping like flies, but you also have these teams traveling in giant germ cans through the Alps where they're going to see 12 million people from around the world. COVID's going to be there. COVID's going to, COVID could change all of this. So it, it's crazy. And, and there are stomach bugs that go around. They get bad water. There's all kinds of craziness that make people sick on this tour to start with. And just having this now part of it, who knows? Right. Just, by the way, just to clarify for the actual uh, scoring system of the Tour yeah. de France, do they take the scores from each individual stage and just add them up? Is it whoever wins the most stages wins? What's exactly the method of determining who's the overall winner? It's time for overall winner. Okay. And so if you finish first through third, you get a time bonus. I think it's 10, six and four seconds respectively. Um, if you're a sprinter, it's about sprint points. There's a limited number of points available. They're out there on the course, you know, where they are on the stages and that's the part of the course where you're going to race hard. And the minute you're done, you're going to lollygag about with people that just try to get you across the finish line because you don't care about anything else. Um, but like with this sweep, you'd have to care about all of it. Um, and, and you'll see that you'll have um, these little spider monkey human beings who do the mountains. I mean, they're bananas the way that they um, can get up and down mountains. And you know, if, if they get hurt ahead of time, fall down on the cobbles, some craziness, you know, that that'll they can take out half a team. They can just say, never mind, we're out. Uh, by the way, we have some excellent, just some fantastic comments. Too many to mention, but a lot of people a lot of people admitting to their own doping. I'm just I'm just gonna say that right there. <laughs> Uh, they, they do claim it's for medicinal purposes only. And, uh, JC Stone wants to know if Scott Jr. is going to put on his devil costume again and go running through the fucking mountains. Chasing I'm, 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 I'm going to skip the costume this year. I'm just going to go with the face. I'm just going to go with the face paint. I think it's just more efficient that way. No lie. I, I personally want to see both of you in Speedos running alongside the Peloton. Who doesn't? Who? I'm surprised winners and winers won't pay for that. I should, I should put in a request. I said, it's not too late, Scott. I would consider it, but you know it's a little bit windy in the Alps, so I might say. Uh, and by the way, the other thing is, the other thing is, Tracy. Everybody loves when you use the word lollygagging. Uh, oh, you know we got, you know we got out there, you know we got out there, coach, a bunch of lollygaggers. <laughs> What's that from, Rochelle? What movie is that from? I know people I'm are quoting. To remember it. which, which movie that's from? I definitely know the line. You know what they're doing? They're lollygagging. They're lollygaggers. I can't remember, but anyway, hey. Well, Shiny. I was just trying to keep it clean. I was going to try to cuss in French a lot, but I forgot. So, Mundu. <laughs> there so. you go. Hey, thanks for doing this. I know it's it's good to get to see you because I know oh. our, our our anniversary, by the way, is Saturday, 
And I know from pretty much our anniversary for the next three weeks, I don't see you much. So uh, <laughs> she, she works and she spends roughly five, out, five hours a day watching the Tour de France. So I'll miss you. I'll see, I'll see you at the end of July. It's always a pleasure. I have a question. Are we at 29 or 30 this 30. year? 30. 30. Oh, good. Okay, thanks. She's a, fu- not good at She's a fucking romantic, guys. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for being thanks for being here. <laughs> Love you too. Uh, we'll see you later. Have a have a great day. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, babe. Thanks. Bye. bye. Oh. All right. Cut her off. I, I know she was saying goodbye. I know. I cut her off. I cut her off early like yeah, I do in real good. life. All right, bud. Well, that was fun. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Picking up some uh some pointers, a lot of history on the uh, on the tour and everything like that. So uh let's get to it scott let's uh let's find out what is going on we need to get uh we need to get back on track here my friend so this is the day to do it it is time it is tuesday time to get out your good overall strap them on get that straw hat put it on your head at a nice rakish angle climb aboard your john deere get your keys out and fire that bad boy up because ladies and gentlemen once again it is time to bet the farm All right, Scott, we talked a little bit about yesterday, about the Dodgers. That's kind of a little too rakish there. There we go. About the Dodgers letting us down. No runs at all. Tough to get off. Tough to get off the ground. They're not putting anything up there. So we've got a new one fired up for today, and we are going to take a look at it, guys. Our bet the farm play for today is going to be the Pirates and the Nationals over eight and a half in what is a we're hoping is not going to be much of a, a pitcher's duel, everybody. Uh, the Nationals, this team gives up a, a shit ton of runs. The most in the league, as a matter of fact, 5.5 runs per game. The Pirates, uh, they're no slouch either, Judge. They give up 5.37 per road game. That sounds like a lot, because it is. That's third most in the league. And uh, Jose Quintana going for Pittsburgh. Uh, good early. Not so good lately as his last five starts, 24 innings pitched, 5.63 ERA. And everybody's favorite fade, Patrick Corbin going for the Nats. Horrible season, been even more horrible his last five starts, 7.23 ERA and just 23 and two-thirds innings pitched over those five starts. At least he's getting paid well. At least he's getting paid well. You know what, Scott? I don't know who wins this one, but I know it's uh, going to be the fans that are sitting in the outfield bleachers, most likely, because they're going to see some launches. I think this one easily goes over the total of eight and a half. Final thoughts? The way that I see it is the question for a total of eight and a half, can you see each team getting to four runs? I can. Right. So I think worst case is you're looking at an extra inning situation of 4-4. Yep. But Corbin could get shelled. Quintana can get shelled. There's a couple ways to cash this, and both teams' bullpens are uh, not good. So I do expect to see a lot of guys on base and we'll take our chances. There you go. Hey, that's going to do it for the farm guys. And that is going to do it for our show today. As always, thanks for stopping by again. Thanks a special. Thanks to my wife who uh, stopped by to share a little uh, expertise on the tour de France. Hope you guys had fun today as always. Good luck on all your plays. Don't forget to check out all the great offerings here at the max wagers network. But as, uh, as we tell you every day, if you got to make just, if you got to watch just one show, Got to watch this one show. Well, just make sure it's us. 3 p.m. We do it every single day. Do you our very best to help you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.